She's Julie Roxanne. And he's Alistair. And And this this is Far Out, a podcast about stepping off the beaten path and learning to live from our center. It took me 10 days to be able to come up with the term and make it accepted by the whole household. November, make it accept. Yeah, that's actually (laughs) going to be part of the topic of this conversation because I have not accepted it willingly. Or I mean, I have, but it's there's been there's layers. It's going to be great. You're going to learn a lot. But like that. And so it's like realizing like. Okay, the forest kind of does the underworld thing to me, and yeah. uh, it's not necessarily bad. But maybe next time we move, we can look up. Well, a we've been bit talking. <laughs> we've been talking about like next time we move, maybe we go to the desert, wide open spaces. Wide open spaces. Yeah. <laughs> I like. I I know, but I know I'm not entirely right on all of this. Like I know from experience and. I'm the, get married and you'll know you're not right. <laughs> well, hello, beautiful people, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Far Out Podcast. Welcome, welcome. I love how, I don't know how many times I've said this, but really a long time. We're coming up on 200 episodes, yo. Yeah. I know. It's 200. 200. Yeah. What the fuck? That's that? a lot of talking. 200 That's a lot of talking. Um, I'm glad to have you here for it. This is a great episode. Yeah, um, actually, we're really happy about this one. Yeah, we start off with some um, updates about our life and things we're, um, we're thinking about. Uh, and then we took a trip. To, we went to a farm. It's it's a it's a fun little initial update. We reflect on really living enjoy- deep in the forest and um, buying from local farms. Yes. And after that, we go into. We also reflect on taking a sabbatical, which is what we're doing right now. And yeah. then after that, we go into having a conversation in slow mo. Sorry, kind of argument. An argument in yeah. slow mo. And also, I, I think- don't. I'm always hesitant to say because I'm like, we don't really have arguments. But like this one, I'm feeling okay calling it an argument. It's, it's an argument, I think. Um, but basically, respectful and loving. What argument. we find is people are interested in the way that we relate and the way that we have con- like talk to each other or have conversations and facilitate that in in our in our relationship. A couple. Yeah. So uh, we felt inspired to go into that and so some more depth. And I think. You will, uh, I think you will appreciate it. Yeah, this was a fun one, and uh, and uh, it's nice being married to you. Hmm. Yeah. Love you too. <laughs> I love you. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Hello, far out people. Howdy. Welcome. <laughs> Howdy. 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 Yeah. Howdy. Hi, people. It's nice to uh, see you here or hear you or feel you, rather. Good to have you, yes. Thank you for being here. Yeah. I think maybe we're starting with a couple of updates. Let's do it. Uh, You took me on a tour of some farms the other day. Oh, I'm so glad that that's part of the updates. (laughs) I had no idea. I'm so happy. Let's talk about this and let's make it the whole episode. This was great. So you've been (laughs) working really hard on upping our nutritional game and finding local farmers that are farming in a good way 
and supporting them directly. Yeah. And also because it is usually the means of the highest nutrition. Yeah, I've been working really hard to like source. It's it's not just that I've been working really hard because it's actually not that hard. It's just like changing the habits basically. Well, but it, it takes a lot of effort. It's it's a redistribution of energy and effort, right? Yeah. You have to find them. You have to develop the local relationships. A lot of times you have to meet them at uh, a rendezvous point that goes with their schedule. Yeah. Or you have to go to the farm. and. Yeah. So there's a fair amount of effort. I think emphasis or like it, it it requires prioritizing it, yeah. which is something I sort of marvel at with you. Aww. And I really appreciate that you bring that into our relationship because I know I wouldn't do it, mm. but I also know I'm reaping the benefits of it. And mm. I appreciate that you are doing it Yeah, because it's increased the quality of our food quite a lot. Um, so you, the other day, we're starting um, what you've kind of coined our sabbatical. Yes, I, I have decided that yeah. it is a, a sabbatical. Yeah. It took me 10 days to be able to come up with the term <laughs> and make it accepted by the whole household. Yeah. November, make it accept. Yeah, <laughs> that's actually <laughs> going to be part of the topic of this conversation because I have not accepted it willingly. Or, I mean, I have, but it's uh, it, there's been There's resistance. layers of complexity there. Yeah, and it's actually going to make up the major topic of this episode, which is having slow arguments or, or, you know, I, I won't get into it too much, but let's keep, let's, let's stay let's with the farm. Yeah, so we went, we've had a, a bout of good weather. It's been, it was raining just like furiously. We even had snow. We We're had, recording this. Like we had snow on like November six or seven, which is very early in the season for, for yeah, that. Yeah. Um, as it didn't as... stick. It's, it was like that kind of like melted snow. and But there were like portions of it where, where real snow was coming down, but it couldn't stick to anything because the ground was already wet and it yeah. wasn't cold enough for it to stick. Yeah. Um, so the sun came out and we thought we should make some excursions. Um, we're going to go uh, take advantage of the sun this week and do some hiking. We've been realizing also through this excursion that we did yesterday that... Uh, Man, it's important to get out of the forest once in a while. Yeah, like the, the, the forest, forest eats you up a it little has, bit. We've been we've been kind of reflecting on the energy of the forest, which is right. It kind of it kind of like seduces you in because it's so beautiful and overgrown and and lush yeah. and vibrant and just like full of life. Yeah. But it also blocks out any view of the horizon. It's it can be very claustrophobic mm-hmm. and kind of like. The way I was describing it the other day is it, it kind of reminds me of that. I don't know if you remember this forest in The Hobbit, listener, but in The Hobbit, they have to go through this like forest of darkness and confusion. I remember, forget what it's called at some point, but where they go in and like the the fragrance of the forest causes like almost like dementia or madness and they lose the, the track and they're going around in circles and they just can't find their way. And I can really relate with that kind of uh, representation of the forest mm-hmm. because you can get very kind of boxed in and and not see other perspectives. You yeah. can kind of, I think a lot of us, we love the solitude of the forest and like the protection it offers as well, right? Yeah. And then, but there's also a kind of a, a thing that seems to happen and I've noticed with others that come out here is that at first it's all kind of magical and fairy-like and wonderful. And then after a while, it kind of, encloses around you Mm -hmm. and almost like reflects 
your it, darkness. It, yeah, it keeps the light out, <laughs> yeah. right? That's another it aspect very, of the forest. Very literally. Very literally keeps the light I'm out. I'm looking at the window through our bedroom right now, and it looks like it's 5 p.m. Even though I know that there's <laughs> absolute blue skies and sunshine. It's just yeah. like we're we're straight. If you look straight out into the forest, it's like night all the time. There's a density to the forest, yeah. just purely by its biomass. Yeah. And so it has this way of kind of kind of circling around you kind of especially that old growth like it's an old growth forest yeah. we're we're incredibly lucky to live to see and experience what it's like to live in an in an old growth forest even yesterday we went to we went on a walk to a local like a nearby forest which is definitely second growth yeah and Ah, oh, you can breathe so much better. Like there's so much more. Further. Like you can it's been see further. Out. But here it's like life eats life. Like everything's consuming yeah. itself, and so you can kind of hole up here and then kind of get trapped in the darkness. And then I feel like it's almost a mirror for your own darkness, yeah. and it just kind of reflects that. And you don't have a lot of respite from it or way to. So it's um, can be a challenging energy. Uh, to be with as well. Yeah, it, it's it, it was inter- it was nice to talk to you about it yesterday and kind of make these connections because I have been feeling it and kind of labeling it as bad because it's it, I feel like it's it's a huge part of like the challenges of this year for us has been probably in part because we're living in a dark dense forest. We had the question like what did, well, we went to the farms and one of the farms is on top of a, a mountain. Yeah, or like. A, you know, a, a foothill, yeah. maybe would be a better way to describe it. And there's a view there, right? You can see in most directions. And it's like, what if we had gone through this whole year from Have that it. vantage point rather than like in the forest yeah. where you can't see very far ahead of you in any direction? Yeah. It's really interesting, actually, as you say that. And then I want to go back to talking about food. But like, as you say that, I'm reminded... I'm currently reading Women Who Run With the Wolves as a, uh, with wolves. I don't think there's a the, but and if you know the book I'm talking about. If you don't know, check it out. It's phenomenal. And if you're like many of the women that I know, you've had it on your shelf for two years, eight years, 20 years, and you've never read it. Take this as your sign to pick it up and read it. It's hard to get into, but it might meet you exactly where you need to be met. Um, That's been my experience with it. Anyways, chapter two, she tells the myth of Baba Yaga, who is this like old crone sorceress, like really wise, but also like basically mother death in a lot of ways, like the embodiment of like the witch and so like the life, death, life, mother and don't you, in all the fairy tales, they always live really deep in the, in the forest. forest. Yeah, I was and actually like, going to make that point. That's too. exactly yeah. what I was, and I'm just like, oh my God, our house is like exactly that. And you know what's interesting is that where the camper was parked earlier this year, we still got more sun there. Like not in the camper, like we were, that the the inside was very dark, but the when we stepped out, we were it. Cl- it was yeah. more clear, and we were directly on the river. Here, it's like 360 is just like forest. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so that's there's, there's a reason why uh, in all the tales the hero or the heroine steps into the forest. Right, mm-hmm. the forest is an analogy for the unknown, often for darkness, and and can be for confusion and 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 all that. And so it's been an interesting place to live this year for sure. And we were reminded when we went out, like, yeah. oh, we need to get out every so often. Yeah. Just, and it's- just to refresh the mind because we tend to, we're not separate from our environment. Mm-hmm. And so our environment in a lot of ways is going to 
I mean, we talk about the beauty of this as well, right? It's like changing our environment or going to different places, being inspired by nature. It can suggest different perspectives, possibilities, and things like that. And I think, you know, it can be a very beautiful thing to saturate ourselves in one type of environment because the the wisdom and the learning can go very deep. Mm -hmm. And also, it's nice to change up the environment because it almost inspires different ways of being and seeing things. Yeah. I want to throw out, it's not a plug. It's just like sharing a, a current line of inqu inquiry that I've, that I've been like very slowly exploring, but I've been kind of interested in for, I, I want to say the first time I heard about it was maybe like two or three years ago. I think it's called astrocartology or something like that. And it's like, The idea, basically, it's like a sub, it's like a sub genre category. Genre, yeah, a sub thing of astrology, and it's like basically your birth chart, also, and where you were born generates like a map of the world, and there's like different lines on the map that like coincides with you know places on the on the globe, and these lines are like related to planets, and basically, ba it, it it's like. It's basically someone like they're astrocartographer or like some that's probably the name. Uh, and you can like team up with them and like get on, do sessions with them so they can you, help you read your map and tell you basically like what will happen if you if you move there or like or the kind of energy that is going to get brought up in you if you move to that particular location or what. So, you know, and the reason why I find it interesting, especially in like more recent you know, as I've, I've, as I've explored it more recently, is that there's not really any bad place. Like no one will no like a good person. Are you sure Fresno isn't? Oh <laughs> <laughs> This is awful that you just named Fresno I'm on the sorry. podcast. I've met people from Fresno. They're great. I know. And they all, Fresno, that's not great. they all don't, they all have left. Um, but, <laughs> um no, but It's basically like, I think that if you live on your line of Venus, it's going to be very like sensual and like kind of more in the pleasures of life. And it's going to be maybe a little easier and, and kind of like smoother ride. And if you live on the line of, I think it's Mars, it's like your base or Uranus. It's like, you're basically going to be in introspection and going through the underworld for most of the time. It's going to be great. You're going to learn a lot, but like that. And so it's like realizing like, Okay, the forest kind of does the underworld thing to me, and yeah. uh, it's not necessarily bad. But maybe next time we move, we can look up. Well, a we've been bit talking. <laughs> we've been talking about like next time we move, maybe we go to the desert, wide open spaces. Wide open spaces. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. So just like it's it's interesting. Anyways, coming back. From coming this, back to the farms. Coming we went, back to the we farms. We went and visited two of the farms that. So you you've been sourcing a lot of our uh, meat and dairy particularly from local farms for uh, a host of reasons that yeah. you know better than I. I mean, I can. I, th I think the primary reason is that I want to support local farmers who are raising uh, pasture-raised grass beef, uh, grass-fed, and, um, and like, raw. Like, so pasture-raised being for, like, chickens, poultry, and, like, hogs, like pigs. Beef is the grass-fed, and then raw is for dairy. It's actually really hard to find raw dairy in a lot of states. So depending on where you're at, um, 
you know, I think there's a website. I think it's called realmilk.com or .net or something like that. It's by the Weston A. Price Foundation. You can do your own research if you're interested as to why consume raw milk. Uh, I'm French, and that's usually my excuse. It's like we have access to raw milk. It's not well, a crime or it's not it's, illegal. It's I, not dangerous. It's actually better. I think it's similar to why we consume raw cacao, yeah. right? Is It has much higher nutritional mm -hmm, content mm -hmm. than uh, if you process cacao into chocolate. You lose a lot of that. Yeah. A lot of the general healthy health promoting benefits yeah. of raw cacao. Generally speaking, I've recently come to the conclusion that uh, to each their own on the diet front, I feel like everyone, uh, if if you had told me a few years ago that I would be buying grass-fed beef and, and having raw dairy, I would have told you you were crazy and that plants were the way to go forever. So... You know, everyone everyone has has a different experience with food, and everyone's on a different journey. Don't don't make this about yourself and your choices. If you're happy, great. But we're definitely on the meat and dairy train recently, yeah. and it's feeling great. And trying to get it from people who are taking care of the animals yes. and taking care of the land in the best ways that we can find. Yes, and, yes. and conceive. Yes. basically. I mean, we were talking about the other day. Really, I guess ideally. In an ideal world, we would probably be husband like taking care of our own yeah. animals and livestock. But you know, obviously, that's not practical even for us at this I'm point. Not, I'm not sure that's not going to happen at some point. Not, I can see I'm, myself. I'm, I've always felt very interested in the life cycle. And I'm just saying it's not practical harvesting. for us right now. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but like, it's hard. It's something you'd have to move toward, right? Yeah. And then, and then, to me, that feels like you have a real partnership with the animals. Mm -hmm. Like you're living with them. You're taking care of them. And the, I don't know. It seems like the exchange of life feels a little bit more balanced. Mm -hmm. This is kind of as close as this we is can like get where we're at on our journey with that. Like this is, I think this is like a this is again. It's like everyone's process with this. I think, uh, yeah. So, but having raw milk reminds me of uh, Grandma's house because until not that long ago, I think probably it was in the last ten years that this happened. My grandma used to have the milkman deliver milk. All the time. That was in England. Yeah, in yeah. England, in the in the countryside there, and so you'd have like the cream on the top, and then the rest of the milk, and it was like full, thick, delicious milk. And, yeah. And I haven't drank milk for a very long time. This is actually raw milk is my first entry back into into milk. Yeah. Um, and and what's interesting for me is that I finally was able. So here's the reason why I I had been able to source the meat earlier because that's actually. I found a ranch that does grass-fed beef, and I found this this local farm through the ranch, actually, that told me that they were doing pigs. At the time, we were still not eating pork, and right now we can eat pork, so we were like, I'm going to get some bacon, which is phenomenally good. And Our spiritual practices have us not eating pork a lot of the time. Yes. But we're in, between, we're in a window where that doesn't apply, so um, we're going ham. It's, it's honestly— We're going ham. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Great one, Dad. It, <laughs> it actually has felt like a spiritual practice to eat pork right now. So I'm yeah. like really, really singing into it. But I will use this opportunity since we're talking about this. So also, Les, it's really cool to be able to meet the people who are doing the hard work and yeah. to give them like to literally hand them my cash and put it in their hand. 
Yeah. When you're in the farm and you're like, fuck, this is a lot of work. And those people are probably not making great money. I've met a fair amount of farmers that are doing it in an organic way or a grass-fed way or regenerative or whatever. It's really hard work. Yeah. And I always come away from it. when, Like, if I go visit for 30 minutes, I'm like, oh, yeah, it could be fun to work on a farm. <laughs> but if I actually spend any amount of time with them and hear about what they're doing, I'm like, that is extraordinarily brave. I'm yeah. so glad you're doing that. And there's no way I could do that. That's that's the way, that's that's a very, like, conscious, uh, you know, voting with my money type of thing. Right. This is really why I do this. And it's like, yeah, the chicken, so the milk comes out to be way cheaper, like, way cheaper than if we were to ever try. Plus, you can't buy raw milk in the store in Oregon. No. You can in California. But even in California, it's really expensive compared to what well, we're Well, you're, you're cutting here. out a middleman, too. Yeah, and so it's like... It actually turns out, for the beef, it turns out to be really cheap. And then we don't have a big deep chest freezer, but let me tell you, I want to figure out a way for us to get that and to have one that we can store meat in because we could buy, like, large, like Quarter in bulk. A yeah, or, yeah, or, a, you know, half a pig or whatever, and, like, we would be we would be set for a really long time. You said that, something like $4 a pound yeah, as far I heard, as, like, as far I found as a place, beef. Yeah, like, grass-fed beef and pasture-raised pigs for $4 a pound if yeah. you buy them whole. So, anyways, for me, this is also, like, there's a value thing, but there's, like, a am paying the person. But what I was going to say, because I really feel like I have to, you know, kind of be celebrate my achievements here, I have been trying to reintroduce dairy into my diet for maybe six months Something like that, Seven, maybe eight, maybe a year, somewhere in that ballpark. It's been really interesting and it's taught me a lot about my body and my body has shown me really clear like, okay, no, yes, no, you need to work on that first. And, and I had read that one way to try and reintroduce dairy was to have raw milk and just drink a little bit every day. And maybe even like heat it up and drink it or like, you know, just re-accustom your body to it. And I have been doing this for a week and I am having butter and I'm having cheese. And I, as my friend Ryan would say, hopefully she's listening to this, I am currently eating dairy, consuming dairy with careful abandon. Mm. And mm. it's, I'm so happy. It's taken me, it's been years yeah. since I've been able to process dairy. And yeah. I'm just... So happy with the journey because it's not just been like, oh, I've got these like great digestive enzymes and now I can't. It's been like a really psycho spiritual journey into my gut to yeah. understand the, the whole thing. So there's there's uh there's there's definitely more farts happening in this household as of late. Uh, I think. Bit, On my not, side for I sure. I was gonna say my, <laughs> <laughs> it's not I'm not it's not all bad. It's, it's not, not all bad. Speech. We make we, we make them fun. <laughs> <laughs> Alistair uh, does have quite the way of making them fun. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> but it was nice to go see. We went and visited two of the farms. And like you said, it's nice to meet the people doing the work. It's also nice to like see the land and have a connection with that. Yeah, right. Yeah, like yeah. that's something. And it, meet the animals too. Yeah. And, and you've been kind of leading us in that process. And I appreciate it because I don't think I would have initiated it, at least at this point myself. Mm. But I appreciate being on the on the ride. Thank you. For that. It just feels really nice to also be part of like the the geographically close tapestry and like the community in some ways, you know, it's like meeting the milkmaid. It's really the she, only way you can actually know where your food comes from yeah. too, is you actually have to go yeah. to where the food comes from. Yeah. That would be the way. Um, otherwise you always have to trust someone yeah. that's going to be like, Hey, this like, you have to trust someone 
that they're getting it. And this is a way where you cut that out and yeah. you just, you know where you're getting it. Yeah. So that, that's that been interesting. Um, Thanks for that, uh, that update. That took us on a long journey, yeah. but I really enjoyed it. Well, I think this is also connected to the sabbatical thing because eating like this, I think one of the reasons we're doing it is because we feel like we might, we feel like we probably are lacking certain minerals and nutrition. Mm-hmm. Like there's been a general move for us like that we need to kind of mm. restore a lot of nutrition that we might have been not having enough of yeah. for quite a long time. Yeah. And then that has paid a toll on our bodies. That That is one conclusion I might come to with my rash or at least a partial conclusion. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's the whole story. So I think this is a part of a bigger narrative of like coming back to nourishing ourselves and kind of a regeneration that also is in line with why we're taking a sabbatical in November and December and and kind of slowing down. Um, For me, I've led eight retreats this year just at Wild Within alone. And that's not to mention the many retreats have gone on for my personal work. Mm -hmm. And and for you, it's been a similar number. Um, We also do a lot of one-on-one work in, in situations that there's a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. And then there's just been a lot of pressures this year that we've talked about are quite a lot. So I don't want to go into them. But so there's just been um, there's been a lot on our plate this year. Yeah. And so I think we are also realizing we need to put a lot on our plate to kind of restore. Oh, interesting. Interesting way see of saying it. There? Good job. Yeah. You're, you're, you're killing it with the puns today. Thanks. Uh, yeah. So. <laughs> But also, I've been on a journey. I've been. I think I've been on a journey to remember nourishment. I think that uh, this year has shown me what happens when some some like patterns of desiring to heal and cleaning and like extracting the parts of me that are not. It can lead to deprivation. Yes. and asceticism. And I think in, I think there's time and a place for that. Mm-hmm. But you can also go pretty heavy on that side, yes. right? And. Um, and and that's not always helpful. And so I think we're we're trying to listen to our bodies. And part of that is also the sabbatical where we're really we've really like kind of lowered our workload quite a lot to we've been calling putting it in neutral. Yeah. And sleeping a lot. Sleeping Dude, a we're lot. Sleeping so much. Yeah. Before we hold on, I want to talk about the sleep, but I feel like I have to mention these things. If if you're finding yourself like curious to explore a bit more about the whole uh, way that we're eating right now, I would recommend two places to start. One is a great book, beautiful book called Nourishing Traditions. Check it out. And it's inspired by the work of Weston A. Price. And you can find a lot of information of about that through the Weston A. Price Foundation online. I won't say more. Uh, it's a fascinating rabbit hole if you're feeling interested and have fun. But and those things will be in the show notes. But yeah, so something sleeping. that's so I think this starting to intentionally uh, be on what we're calling sabbatical because it seems to help us understand what we're doing. Yeah, um, the, I've heard a few people be like, "Oh, that's a good word for it. And yeah. It's a good name. It's like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's called it's called resting. It's, <laughs> <laughs> but in a r- religious way. <laughs> <laughs> I like that too. <laughs> I think. Um, what we're noticing happening is that it's also giving the space because we're resting and we're giving time and and kind of keeping our energy more to ourselves mm-hmm. relative to the rest of the year for us at least. It's allowed some conversations to start coming up, like things that really didn't, I don't think there wasn't the space or time to get into because 
you know those kind of conversations the ones where it's like this is going to put a wrench in the gears mm-hmm. if i and we have too much to do right yeah. now to do that yeah right and so and that makes sense you can't always do that it's not a good idea right like at, there's times where we need to get things done and kind of keep the the things going but there's got to be times where we allow those we allow the wrench to be in the gears right otherwise we can get in a lot of trouble and so i think you and i have have had a sense i think we're already at an advantage that like i don't know as i've noticed it come up i'm like okay well the, we're we're on sabbatical this is let these things like get on the table mm-hmm. and it's started to take the form of kind of a slow motion conversation mm-hmm. at times argument yeah. i would say and and i thought it would be interesting to talk about this because i've noticed over the years whether it's here on the podcast or at wild within people tend to be very interested in the way we relate with each other i've been actually uh it's it's hard for for there to be the right moment but i've been wanting to record ourselves in our processing moments i feel yeah. like that I've, i feel like i've learned a lot from seeing people do that uh-huh. uh in the past and it's usually like a membership thing it's like like we would put it on patreon yeah. probably but like it's so interesting the ways that we navigate those tough conversations to me has always been very interesting, but it's gotten really interesting in the second half of this year. I think because you've softened a lot yeah. and I think I'm, I don't know what I'm doing, but something's changing on my side too. And it feels like we're able to hold a lot more space for the other person's experience without taking it too personally. I've been trying to observe over the last few days what what we're doing and also, I've tried to imagine how it might happen in another relationship or even in my own relationship 10 mm-hmm. years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that's obvious to me is like, I don't know the best way to go about this. So I'm just going to have to approach it from several angles. But like, so one thing we've kind of instituted lately, which is a bit of an innovation just because this conversation seems to be long form and pretty, you know, there's some, I think there's things that have been causing tension or have been building intention over the year, particularly, but some of them are deep. Mm-hmm. Like, I think they've been there since the beginning. Yeah. And there are things we have to come back to all the time. They're yeah. not things that just get resolved once, right? Mm-hmm. I think they're... They're healthy they're, tensions in the relationship. Yeah, that, that also generate energy yeah, and dynamism, yeah. but also can become polarized. When, polarized. And, yeah, like when there's a lack of time to check in and just like be, be in just like pure you know, I, hang out time and, you know, relaxation, it gets to like crystallize. In my better moments, I can remember that I would not want you to agree with me on everything. Mm-hmm. Like we, there would be no energy in the relationship. Yeah. Like there would be no forward motor yeah. or anything or any, Yeah, I think it's that it's where we kind of it's come like a battery. To, there's a plus and a minus and it's like yeah. the tension that creates energy. Yeah. It's, yeah. And, and so, and like, if those can communicate well, mm-hmm. right, you can tend to, you can have a power there in the relationship mm-hmm. you wouldn't have otherwise. Oftentimes, though, those two get out of whack, and then it becomes one side should be right and one side should be wrong. We see this in politics all the time, yeah. right? But, like, it happens in our relationships, too. Yeah. And and then it just becomes entrenched positions, not willing to budge, and re- really just trying to tell the other one why they're right or they're wrong, right? Yeah. And that's not particularly helpful because that's basically just a one-sided view. Yeah. And what we're saying is that I think part of the reason a relationship can be this 
thing that sort of transcends the two individuals is because there's a dialogue that happens that allows something to be created or or manifest that wouldn't happen if those two parts weren't there with their particular tendencies. And some of these tensions, I think, are also personality-based, right? Mm-hmm. There are certain strategies we've had for a very long time for protecting ourselves or their patterns we run. A lot of them are unconscious. And I think part of the spiritual aspect of a relationship is, you know, those are going to butt heads and become problematic in an intimate relationship where you where two people kind of intimately are are interconnecting their lives, mm-hmm. right? And so I think part of the spiritual, for lack of a better word, or maybe awareness raising aspect of a monogamous committed long-term relationship where you can't easily get out of it mm-hmm. is that you have to start looking at that shit. It's like, okay, well, like I, I have this particular protective strategy. Like I tend to be very conservative financially. You tend to be a little bit less conservative on that front. Mm-hmm. And so that can like stir up a lot of stuff between the two of us. And we can look at that as like, well, you're doing it wrong or mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or we can look at like, well, that's kind of that's it. what's what's happening here? What's 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 going on? And can I use this to bring awareness to my own tendencies and patterns that think they're the only way to do things or mm-hmm. think they're right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think that part of this conversation is going to be flawed because it can intellectualize these things oh, yeah. a bit too much. When but- you're in the thick of it, it's 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 still really, really hard. Like we're trying to talk, I think we're trying to share some of the conceptual understanding and the the ways that in, in my clear-headed moments I can find this. But a conceptual can- understanding won't get you there. No. It's actually, I think if anything, it's, it's a, it tends to be a lot of meditation practice or experiential practices. I think the work we do with psychedelics has also really helped us be present in these. I, I tend to think it's more, yeah, embodiment practices or, or mindfulness practices or things like this that we develop a capacity. It's mm-hmm. not. It's very tempting to think that I can just understand this intellectually and then apply it. But I, I just, I, I think that can be a helpful component of it, and I don't think it's enough. I think there's something else I, I want to say on this because I think that especially when there's like the intellectualization of it. I think a pretty common thing that can come up upon hearing about this be like, oh my God, man, I wish I, I wish that was the case in my relationship or I wish that we could do that in my relationship. How do I get my partner on board with that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, good luck. Like it's, it's a really, it, it, I think that it's a relationship takes two people willing to show up to the relationship as a spiritual practice. And I think that when you said like, you know, when we're in the thick of it, I have to remember, like, I, I, I kind of look at it as like, oh, what parts of me really want to be right in this and are preventing me from, you know, the connection and the uh, resolution or the dialogue that creates the healthy aspect of that dance between the two poles. But that's like, that's like dissolving ego, you know? Like, yeah, this, well, that's this, exactly what I, I think it, it, we're doing when, yeah. when it's really going well. And it's really hard to do that. Like, it's, it's hard to do that, period. But I think doing that in the most intimate relationship that you have. The stakes can feel very high. Yeah, yeah, super high. And also it's like, it's like being vulnerable with the person who, in theory, you can be the most vulnerable with, but... Like, what if the person doesn't, like, I could be using your vulnerabilities against you later. Yeah, so it takes a lot of trust. It's really, it's really tough. Yeah, it takes a lot of trust. But I, 
takes a lot of self-discipline too, I think. Like the the discipline of individually. It takes a lot of humility too. I think mm-hmm. both sides need, like, I find like one of the reasons we're able to have this kind of dialogue at all is because we recognize a lot, like that we are wrong a lot of the time. Like mm-hmm. that, like if, if it doesn't start from that place, it's, it's very hard because I think where this really goes off the rails is when someone really just thinks they're right and you can't convince them, like, yeah. or both sides, right? Yeah. Like, and I, I think naturally we, we, that's how we are. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and so it really takes, it can take a lot of, abrasion almost to release those stances and there's always seems to be always deeper ways of releasing that new ways of discovering how i think my way is the way to go and how like i'm really i'm really not open to a dialogue Mm -hmm. right and 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 having it so this this definitely takes a lot of time and i'm not sure how you i'm not saying it's impossible but i'm not sure i i tend to think that the advantage we have is that, like, we've made a wholehearted commitment to try this. Mm-hmm. That, For, that, like, since the beginning. Yeah, and that there's a sense that, you know, there's a, it's not an, it's not impossible. We could back out, right? We could get a divorce yeah. and say we're going to go our separate ways. And I don't think that's, I think sometimes that's probably the appropriate choice at, at, at different times. But mm-hmm. I think it's to our advantage that we're kind of saying, hey, like, that's, that's not an option. We're, like... In the spirit of the marriage, it's like until we, until death do us part, yeah. right? And so, to the taking that seriously, I'm not sure what else would really put our backs against the wall in a way where we actually have to sort it out. Yeah, it it, w- it would be hard. Um, and I think this is one of the criticisms I tend to lob at like uh, other philosophies of relationships, mm. ones that are like you know multiple partners or things like that. It's like I'm not saying you can't. I'm just saying, like, for me, I it would be hard for me to see how you would, how 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 the container would be held yeah. tight enough that it would actually force you to deal with this shit that you don't want to deal with mm-hmm. at pretty much all costs. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I, I hear you. I feel like, uh, I mean... We've definitely taken a lot from Jordan B. Peterson on that on on that front. I think that we were we were feeling that before, but like he put he's put a lot of words onto it. I think he released a three part series on marriage recently that's on the Daily Wire, mm. and I'm kind of interested to check it out. But anyways, two things I want to say about that. Actually, three. One is this recent like conversation that we're circling feels like a I'd massive- like to come back to that in a moment here once. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but like, what do you mean? I, I'd like to come back to the conversation because I'd like to like maybe make it a little bit more tangible. Yeah, 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 but, yeah, yeah. But yeah. The, so this is kind of what I'm doing. Yeah. But like, and we you can chime in. I just have a couple more things I yeah. want to say after. So like this conversation that we've been, it kind of feels, <laughs> it kind of feels like the image that comes to mind is like you know you're like you know, moisturizing your body or something. And like, you don't, you don't have a mirror, so you don't, you can only explore your body by touching it. And so you're just like touching your body and then you get to your back and there's a massive wart or like something you had no idea was there. And you're like, Oh God, this, this is a fucking (laughs) mountain. Where does it even start? Where does it even end? And it's like, it feels like that's kind of the conversation that we're approaching. It feels like a really big Pretty foundational piece. I think that you and I have been doing a lot of difficult personal work this year. And I feel like 
we've just been digging in the underworld, in the forest, just digging. And like, I feel like some really old patterns are coming up for me. Like, I can only speak for myself, but like some really old patterns, some really like core, yeah, like tensions that are just like there and kind of calcified. And like, I don't even know how to approach them. They feel so loaded. They feel like a mine, you know, it's just like if I step on it too much, like, and so that's one thing I wanted to say. The second thing is, and that's with that realization, I think that we've, uh, We've recently implemented the pause-unpause system, which um, I think we just naturally had to come to because we got to some places that were so loaded that we could not go on without being awful to each other. Definitely, yeah, it, I stopped yeah. for that reason recently. And it's actually, a, there's a there's an episode from a dearly beloved sitcom of mine, How I Met Your Mother, where that's a thing that one of the couples that's been together for like 10 years, they like they have these massive arguments over days and they can't just fight for days. And and so they have like a pause system where they're just like, they say pause and then it's over and like it's contained. And then they can resume, you know, doing the dishes, talking about going to the movies tonight mm -hmm. or hanging out with their friends or whatever. And it's been surprisingly helpful to have that contained And also a way to like continue to reflect. It's like I'll say I'll say something, and like maybe you don't have anything you want to respond right away, or it's bringing up a lot, and you don't want to respond from that place, or it's so we can just or we're tired, or we're cause tired because you hit pockets of energy when you do this, right? It's almost like going down deeper, and like there's different things you're gonna hit, and um, I don't think it's productive to just. It doesn't. It's not even. It doesn't even map on to reality to me to just like try to sort it out in in one go. It's the, like that's not really what we're trying to do, right? Mm -hmm. Like that would kind of come back to the like there's a right answer and we just need to like work it out dialectically to get yeah. to the right answer. And I, I think this is a much more this is more nuanced than that. And that's not the that's not the only thing going on here. I think one of the things that happens that. It's like that old adage, like, don't go to bed angry or something. And it feels like it's so deeply ingrained in some of our heads that it's like, well, we have to solve the argument before going to bed. And it's like some arguments, you can totally do that because they're just very basic yeah. and they take not that much effort to resolve. Some are just like, that's not going to work out. But what's interesting is like the what I found in that like pause and unpause system is that I'm not going to bed angry. Like, you know what I mean? It's like it's like we actually we we still love each other throughout the process of talking about these difficult things. And this leads me to the last thing I wanted to say, and then you can totally riff is parts. I think that one of the biggest things that is helpful in our relationship and in those conversations that are really loaded is that we're talking as parts and we're It's kind of inspired by IFS, although I've never done anything with IFS, which I think is like internal family systems. But it's like basically the idea that I'm sure we've talked about this on the podcast before, but yeah. the idea that I think it's also inspired by inspired by type for me. Oh, It, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. And so it's like there's the, the idea that we have different parts of ourselves at all times that are present and that have things to con that have things to say that have feelings about the conversation. And so. Like a great example of this is maybe you say something that's like giving voice to a part of you. that Maybe a part that's angry. Yeah. And then as a response, it activates a part of me that really wants to get angry at that part. But then it's like almost 
if I'm the person receiving what you're saying, my my what I consider my job or my practice is like, can I hold the more like higher self, compassionate, adult loving part of me to the forefront when you're sharing from that part, receive and like send compassion all the while noticing that maybe like a part of me is getting really fucking pissed off and wants to like lash out at you and like rage out. And I think that my it, what's interesting uh, as of now is that whenever there are times where like I can't stop it or like my anger, my angry parts are louder and like there's no breathing through it or becoming a compassionate being or whatever. And so it's like what I've what ended up doing is when we when we realize, OK, we need a pause system because I was like, I need I can't speak right now. Otherwise, I'm going to say things that I don't even believe in that are not even true, at least in the grander scheme of things, but are probably true for this smaller less mature part of me maybe and so like pause I'm gonna go outside and take a breath and sit by the river and then I'll come back and we'll have breakfast and just move on with the rest of the day because and I think so I think that the parts are super important in the way that we navigate this conversation I totally agree with that and I think both of these things you're talking about both the parts and and the pause on pause thing are aspects of containment Mm. in 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 a in a conversation that has a lot of energy, right? Mm. So the pause on pause is a way to keep it contained in time almost, right? Like, yeah. because if, if you just continue on a, on a high energy, high voltage um, disagreement for lack of a better word, I think at some point we're not going to have our best energy, right? Those are exhausting. They're, they're triggering conversations and we might be able to have them more consciously or um, with hold, hold them, with more awareness for a while, but we can't infinitely. There's mm-hmm. a there's a point where we got to say, hey, I, I've got a limit here, and I got we got to stop. And I think when we pause and unpause, we're able to keep those conversations contained, and 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 it, it's kind of a fail safe for it. Kind of prevents it from unraveling into a place where it just becomes a personal attack. Yeah, which is I think a lot of what we're trying to avoid doing. Like in a way, I feel like we're trying to put on a play. And let the characters in the play say have say their pieces. Mm-hmm. And we're also trying to sit in the audience and watch this. <laughs> That's a great way to I, say it. I, and so that gets to the parts part, right? Like, because you, your part's in a play. And so it's like, from this perspective, and I think, like I said earlier, uh, the MBTI or Myers-Briggs, which is actually but really based in um, Carl Jung's theories of psychological type, first tur- turned me on to something similar because in his typological system— we're we're made up of different parts, basically mm-hmm. that that have different agendas, and that helped me. And and those are going to be different for different people, and they're going to play differently with different people. IFS is definitely very different from that, but I think there's some uh, similarity in the fact it's like we're not one thing, yeah, we're yeah, not yeah. I. We're right? con- we contain multitudes. However, you get to that perspective, I think is probably it can be helpful, right? There's there's probably a lot of different ways of dicing up the ways we're uh, a plurality mm-hmm. inside of us, or I'm not sure if that's the right word I'm looking for, but oh. uh, there's many parts inside of us. And I think to the degree they do that, a lot of them are probably helpful mm-hmm. because this is another form of containment. It's like, okay, can we, can, can I, can I let your part speak to my part? And then can, can we hold the container enough to allow my part to, to express back? Yeah. And those small parts might have a small argument about it, right? Like where it's emotional and 
people, I might say something like, well, part of me feels like you're this. Mm-hmm. Like, they're they're not held to the same standard as, like, the it's conversation. It's not Alistair thinks I'm this. Yeah, and in fact, sometimes I think the most helpful thing for those parts is for them to say it exactly as they feel it, yeah. which often can be, like, pretty volatile, aggressive uh, expressions. Yeah. Right? Like, that are not trying to not... There, we're just because we both have this general understanding of what we're doing in our better moments. It, it there definitely can blur the line, and that's where oftentimes we need to stop. Yeah. But we're allowing them to express themselves as they feel, mm-hmm. as they react, and then we are we are we are trying to watch that as as something that's that's holding that because there's a lot. I think what often happens when the if it what can often happen in that kind of argument. Is that instead of holding that space where they're actors in a play, mm-hmm. we identify yeah. with the role. Yeah. And then it's one versus the other and it becomes a feud mm-hmm. and it becomes this very emotional thing. And like we can't our, – our perspective has gone so narrow that we're just that part. Yep. And we identify with that part. Yeah. And then, then it's very hard to have a conversation that's going to be productive. It's probably going to be pretty violent mm-hmm. in different ways. And um, and yeah. it's 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 uh, those kind of outbursty conversations might feel I don't want to say good, but they might feel like you're getting something off of your chest at the time of of doing it. Like you know, maybe not name calling, maybe you're always doing this. And uh, right. afterwards, it never feels good because you know that because on some level you know that you lied. It's not like those big statements of like, you're always, you never, you, you know, it's like, those are, those are obviously a sign that they're just like parts that have very big emotional content that are trying to speak up, but they're not, they, it's not the truth. Also, those parts are reactive. So they're going to continue to react to each other. Like there's not a lot of freedom in that. Like we need to recognize they're there and let them express themselves because there's there's information in that. Yes. But if we're living from that place, then we're just reactive and we've lost a lot of our personal agency. I think one of the reasons why we like to watch movies so much is because that's what's happening in a movie. Mm. The different parts, that's what a drama is, yeah. right? And and to some degree, I think it resonates that this is what's going on inside of us yeah. and in relationship with other people, yeah. right? Different parts come up and, and things happen. And that's why it can be so fascinating. And I, I think you're right that this is a big part of what has helped us. You know, what's coming to mind right now is I just did a workshop in a therapy, uh, a therapeutic approach called Hakomi, uh, which is kind of a blend of mindfulness and somatic therapy and some other things. Very interesting. And this last one was focused around nonverbal communication. And so in one of the exercises, I was to tell a story that had some emotional content to it. So it's something that felt relevant for me now and had some juice to it. Mm -hmm. And I was going to be listened to by three other people. And those three people were going to be listening. Oh, no, sorry. I was going to be listened to two other people. And those two people, one was going to focus on my nonverbal communication. So my, bo- my body posture, my gestures, my facial expressions, tone of voice, all those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And one was going to focus on the actual story. So mm-hmm. another way to say this is one was going to focus on the storyteller and one was going to focus on the story, what was actually being said factually. And then afterwards, they were going to repeat back what they, what they heard or what they saw to me. And it was a very enlightening experience because 
What I found was the person who repeated back the story I told, it was not interesting. It, it, I already knew the story. And when I listened to them repeat it back, all I was listening for was where did they make a mistake? Mm. What were the errors? I was fact-checking it, basically. But I like my brain was kind of turned off because there was nothing I was going to learn from that other than where they might have got it wrong mm-hmm. or where I didn't communicate well enough. But I already knew the story. I just told it to them. The other person, though, was watching a lot of my unconscious behavior, stuff that I don't have access to or most of the time. And so they were telling me, how I like gestures I was making or certain things I emphasized or the way like my tone changed at this point. And I found myself fascinated to listen to them reflect what they saw because I didn't wasn't aware of most of it. Mm-hmm. And I there was a lot I could learn from that. There was something new that could come up from that. It was new information. I also found that that was very vulnerable, right? Like to have someone sharing that I had to trust them a fair amount because they could use that against me as mm-hmm. well, right? Mm-hmm. Like it. And ultimately, in this method, um, you ha- the the instruction is everything must be verified by your own experience. So yeah. you're the ultimate arbiter of what what was or wasn't said, right? Mm-hmm. But but we can have someone else reflecting back our unconscious behavior to gain further insight. And it made me realize um, in that way of of working with someone how collaborative a second person could be, like mm-hmm. how helpful that kind of partnership was, because mm-hmm. they could reflect all sorts of information that I was not aware of. And then that could be a doorway to go deeper or for something new to arise, for new levels of insight around the thing. It was it was, it was was a partnership. And I think in our best moments, we can do this in our relationships as well, right? The other person, obviously, we all know what it's like to see someone else's shadow mm-hmm. in someone we're in close relationship with. The shadow being that part that they're the, like the dark side of their personality that they can't really see, but everyone else can see pretty, pretty well. Mm-hmm. Right. Like mm-hmm. just think about that thing. It's like, you know, like John all, always does this, but he's not aware of it. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's yeah. a part of the, the long bad that, bag that J- John carries behind him, as Robert Bly would say. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> what's challenging about being in close relationship with someone is that you get you, you, you get exposed to a lot of that shadow aspect. Right. But that's also what can be um, very vital about it is that we can be kind of observers or witnesses for the other person and reflect that back mm-hmm. and, and provide new information as long as they're open to it. And that can lead to a lot of growth and awareness and deeper understanding. Of course, there's a lot of things that have to be in place for that to be what is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Because oftentimes uh, there's another... Um, Jeez, I'm forgetting his name. Uh, I think it's something Johnson. Um, there's another uh, depth psychologist that talks about, um, he wrote a few books. One of them's he, another one's she, another one's we. Um, Robert A. Johnson. Robert A. Johnson. Thank you. He Just talks about our, our, our <laughs> books. Nice. I think he talks about shadow boxing or basically where like, we're we're fighting each other's shadows, mm. right? And just like kind of taking shots, shots at those. And, and, um, that that that's something we're trying trying to avoid. But I think what I'm getting at here is that there are ways we can be in relationship where we can bring things into the light of awareness for in service of the other person and our relationship and all beings. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you can extend it to that as well. Yeah, we can bring these things in the light of awareness so that so that we can work on them or they can work on us. I, I would often think. That second one is what happens, but that's really volatile. It's very hard. That stuff's not stuff. I mean, it's in our shadow for a reason, right? It's very sensitive and things like that. 
And so I think it takes approaching sometimes slowly and with a fair amount of space and softness. I want to I want to give you a chance to maybe to maybe respond to some of this. Thanks. I was going to tell you I needed to, I needed to <laughs> shut up. <laughs> I have things to say to this. Uh, thanks for that, and th- and thanks for mapping it out so well. I think that um, I think that what you're reflecting, what what you're sharing right now, we're able to do when one of us is not in a triggered state and the other one is the one experiencing a, a trigger. So it's like we can hold the space for each other. And that that definitely happens and we definitely have to walk slowly and carefully and like we can... It's hard because also you have to get somewhat of a consent. It's it's not like we're in a a therapeutic relationship. It's not like when I'm experiencing a trigger, I necessarily want Alistair to come in and like shed gentle light onto my potential shadow or whatever, because that might not be where I'm at. But there's a, I think that we do that pretty well, that, that, that I never feel... Sometimes you say, and I kind of want to punch you, and I just tell you, like, hey, like, we need, like, let's back off. But I know as soon as the the problem is, as soon as I find myself reacting to you naming something that I have, that, that, that I've done that, you know, might be an interesting area of, of exploration for myself, as soon as I find myself reacting and wanting to, like, hurt you because of what you did. I know that I have to look at it. It's almost like there's a, there's almost like an instant, like, ah, oh. If you want to know where your shadow is, it's the place where something sticks or lands. (laughs) If you find something sticking to you, if you find yourself reacting to it, that's an interesting thing to look at because it's pointing to something. I think that uh, culturally, the fact that we're constantly uh, avoiding triggers, it's it's important to know how to take care of yourself. And I think that there's no reason to expose yourself to your triggers all the fucking time. I think that that's masochism. But I also think that being constantly attuned to everyone's triggers or potential triggers in the room is a great way that we we don't grow. It's like, like triggers are great aspect of our journey it's like oh wow that's really sticky like that really sticks to me and it doesn't it doesn't feel good there's something obnoxious you can do too and i think i I think this is something i've grown i've learned a lot around over the last year because i think i was much more prone to doing this until recently and i still do it but not definitely not as much it's like if i have an insight around someone else Mm. i'll use it in an explosive way or like in a way i might i might i might apply it and just be like here's what I know. Like, mm-hmm. look at, like, look at my knowledge or like, mm-hmm. you know, like as a way to prove or yeah. like be a smart ass yeah. or something. That definitely, that, then that does not accomplish. What no, no. Then want. it's weaponized. Yeah. It's not in the service. Yeah. It's not in service. Right. It, but, it's self. It's selfish. It's not selfless. Yeah. You're not really. And I think this has been a, a deeper question for me over the last year or year and a half, particularly is when is a particular insight and also not holding on to the fact that an insight means it's a truth, no, right? No, no, no. An insight is a resonance for me, and that might lead to something interesting. But it's also like, first off, like letting go of that being like a truth or something I know, right? Mm-hmm. But there's a part of me that wants that to be the case and then wants to show everyone what I know. And I think what I've, what I, what I've had to grapple with is, is that part of me, that desire, mm-hmm. and letting go of that. And then sometimes an insight or some sort of resonance can actually be in the service of the relationship or, or the goals of everyone involved, but not as like some truth or me like laying it down, but mm-hmm. as, as maybe a trailhead to follow. Yeah. Or as, as a, as like, Hey, I noticed, I noticed this 
Or think, this came I, to me when this happened. I think a big, I think a big difference, like a lot of that energy has to do with like, is it, is it consensual? Like the the person yeah. is is this the agreement of the relationship, or is this the agreement of this particular moment that you're in? Is this a it's this is this a coaching container? Is this a therapeutic container? Is this a fucking cashier at the shop? Is it you know like who yeah. who is the, the person that you got the insight? And what about? level of trust do you have? Yeah, yeah, to to, to do it. Yeah. yeah. I want to say one last thing, and then maybe we can explore that. For, or I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. And then I think uh, maybe wrapping up, I can feel myself fading a little bit. It's like sabbatical. It's I, I do I do one thing a day, and we're like, yeah. Yeah, we're we're the more we rest, the more I'm like, oh my god, I am so <laughs> tired. I love the. I, it's, I'm super happy to podcast. It's just interesting to see how little energy we have these days. Thank God, I feel my. By the way, sleeping. Whoa, my mental health is so much better than just a week ago. Like, yeah, it's pretty damn. amazing what like melatonin, dude. Yeah, pretty amazing what happens when you allow yourself to sleep uh, a lot for like a week. Like it shifts in like mood. Oh that are just I like, oh like, whoa, yeah. I, like things are much better. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, like, oh, I'm no longer anxious, anxious and depressed all the time. It's yeah. just, it's great. The thing I was gonna say because. You know, what you described is, again, it's like if someone's in a trigger or like if if there's a charge for someone, but the other person is chill, then that's a great way to describe what how that might come about. You know, you, like you that. You can almost imagine them like holding this bubble and the other person can act out yeah. that part. Yeah. And they probably have some aware. And, and I think the other part, sorry to interrupt, I'll, I'll bring it back to you, but is that there needs to be some awareness that these are parts so that the other person can really go into that part and like and, and be like, OK, this part of me is feeling like this. And. Not have shame in, because there's often shame around these parts. Yeah. And really allow it to say or feel what it's feeling. Yeah. Right? And still be loved. Yes. That, that, that's And that's part of the bigger container, right? Is there's yeah. a container of love here. And a lot of times, one of us will be able to hold that mm-hmm. while the other person goes into a part. I think that what I've noticed in this, like, more recent big wart of a, conver- like, slow-mo argument that we've been having... Is that like because there's triggered and tension on both sides, I can't do that quite as much. But what's interesting, what I can do is I can stay silent when you're speaking and like to the best of my ability, like even if it's only one percent of my being, like be compassionate and hold that container of love, which I think like because of the con- the karmic contract that we've signed and the, 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 the commitment that we've made to each other, it's always there. It's like a program that's running all the time, although it's easy to forget that it's there. But like, so that's happening on one level. But then on another level, I can like just be really still and like be listening to you. But then, like, be really still and watch all the parts of me that want to react and just, like, watch them and not do anything about it. And, like, watch how they take hold of my throat and makes me want make me want to scream at you or, like, take hold of my belly and just, like, clench and tighten, like, an iron clad over it. And, like, everything, like, my, my whole body shuts down and just, like, just watching that, watching and and I feel like this this slow-mo argument that we're in right now is, or, you know, that we're going through is, like, t- teaching me a lot about 
Cause then like they get really angry and, and, and I want to just be mean. I want to like, like the, the, the anger has been what's been coming up for me a lot recently. And so that's why I'm talking about that, but it's like really like pointy. And I feel like, wow, I know, I know him really well. I could say things that would really hurt, you know, like I, I just noticed the desire, but then it's like I breathe through it. And then maybe I pause and I go outside, take a walk, whatever I need to like cool off. And as I cool off, I can see the the thread of what I actually want to say, what I actually need to say in order to move the discussion forward instead of those like really personal, mean things that are honestly just going to hurt the relationship in a pretty deep way. Like, mm -hmm. And so that I think that the, this process of, yes, holding the compassion to the best of my ability, but really holding the compassion for myself as well when I'm like noticing all the ways I want to react to you. I don't know if you've had quite the this if you would describe it the same way for you, but that's kind of been my flavor of yeah, this. I, I think it's I think it's well said. It sometimes it takes like when when we're really triggered, we're we're in it, right? Like we're we're there's no getting out of it. Yeah. And so I think even when we're saying a part of me wants to say this. There's some distance already from that part. Yeah. Right. But there are but, times where I can't even. I'm yeah. so angry that I can't even tell you that I'm just angry. I want to lash out. Right. You know? Right. And, and that's probably that a lot of times uh, if, if if we're able to and we have the like, it's a good time to put it on pause. Let like listen to that and like basically what you just described, and then come back when it's a, there's a little bit of space and we can actually like maybe have some perspective about what that part needs to say and, and continue the conversation in a mm -hmm. way that's productive. I, I definitely feel that too. I think one other thing I noticed about this pause and start thing is it allows me to listen, right? Like mm -hmm. if you say something like the other day we took a walk in the forest and, and you unpaused the conversation and then you shared some things about how you were feeling about it. And I noticed for me, one of the ways, one of the big reactions I often have when I'm triggered is I just want to shut down and mm -hmm. I want to shut the conversation off. I don't want to have a response and I want to walk away. Like that tends to be one of my go-to modes is like, let's just shut this down. Yeah. And like, and, and I wanted to do that a lot of the time. And, and I, and so I was feeling pretty shut down at the end of it. I didn't want to continue the conversation, but we didn't have to, we paused it. Yeah. And I and I tried my best to like just let your words and your feelings and the stories that you were sharing like just kind of sink in, mm -hmm. just to actually listen to it and absorb it rather because so often I feel like what I want to do is just come back with like the next punch, yeah. And where I haven't even like really absorbed anything you're saying or really put myself in the perspective of like wow this is. The woman I love is feeling this way. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm just feeling threatened by it. And I want to, like, basically uh, spin it or frame it or put my story on it, mm -hmm. right? And 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 I think sometimes with that pause, it just lets it, like, sink in. It's like, whoa, that's how she feels. Mm -hmm. Like, it doesn't matter if the story's right. It doesn't actually, most of the time, it's not right on either side, right? Mm -hmm. What matters is... In in or at least what I find matters a lot of times is, well, this is sub the subjective experience that you're having. You're smiling and laughing just, at me. I'm laughing because this is the last place that we left the conversation at, and you saying like, you know, 
maybe she's not right. Maybe none of us is right. And I was like, yeah, but I'm right. Like, what I said was right, dude. Uh, no, well, no, no, so, but so, no. But there's a right in the fact Joke. that, like, you're right. That's how you're feeling. You're right. Mm-hmm. That's the story that you're you're in and you're believing. Actually, yes. And so thank you for saying that, too, because I think that the pause thing, for me, what it's done is that instead of reacting in that explosive manner where I feel like I'm making no sense and it's not really relatable and no one really wants to listen. Like it's, it's really hard to digest and receive as a listener. Like it's like, it's like being shot bullets and being supposed to digest that. Like that doesn't really work. But if I let it cool off, like what ended up happening, like the most recent thing was like, I was really angry and we had paused. So I just like, I felt the anger, we paused. And then a few hours later, I had realized, it's like I had been able to sift through it and I was able to like honor the anger for being there and like being a driver, but also recognize like that at a deeper core, I was just really afraid. Yeah. And like, then that's a lot. It's not that like, I could, I could, it could still be mostly anger, but then what happens is that a few hours later, when I tell you what happened and when I tell you where I'm at with that, I'm not just like shooting bullets. I'm actually giving you a, a emotional content that's been pre-digested by me. Yeah. And, and that's a lot more easy, a lot easier to receive and be like, oh, the woman I love is feeling that. Yeah. It's still hard to receive. Yeah. Like I still found like my defense systems up and not, and not wanting to just like wanting to bounce it off, mm-hmm. you know, and block it or, mm-hmm. or like kind of be like, no, it's this. Or, you know, <laughs> or, yeah. <laughs> Bullshit. But, but also because you're modeling that, I'm also like, there's a goodwill that happens as we do this, right? Where it's like, mm-hmm. okay, well, she's doing it. Like, I can't be the jackass that doesn't, you know, like there, there's a little bit of that. It's and true, yeah. Because I really believe it's like, I again, this is where we come back to some of the setup for this conversation. It's like, I think this works because I know I'm not right. I think I, I think I might be right on some of it. And I don't know what I'm wrong. Like, I don't, I, I don't know what I'm wrong and right about. Yeah. I like, I, I know, but I know I'm not entirely right on all of this. Like I know from experience and mm. I'm the, get married and you'll know you're not right. <laughs> but like, and and maybe that's maybe that's just a stage we have to come to. I feel like this this is part of the softening that you were mentioning earlier that's happened to me this year is that like it's been a hard fucking year for me. And I think one of the big gifts of that is that it softened and it opened me up. Um, you're quite tender meat right now. Suffering is grace, right? Oh, this is like this kind of koan we've been working with a lot this year. Yeah. Suffering is grace. Um, because suffering is what opens you up. To receive grace. To receive grace. Yeah. To receive the light of God, right? Like, I was actually having this conversation with someone I was serving combo with. It's like, because it seems like nothing but suffering will grab our attention and really make us listen. Yeah. It seems to be... I also heard it said this way in a spiritual tradition recently. I think it, I think it, I'm not going to source it because I can't totally remember, but it was an Eastern tradition and it was like, there's basically like kind of two ways to a certain enlightenment or awakening. I think it was to awakening, right? Mm. Which is different than enlightenment, but it's either you can collect achievements and success or you can collect suffering yeah. until like, if you collect the achievement success, at some point you realize it's not. It's, it's not, not getting you anywhere, anything, yeah. right? Like, it's it's really not scratching that itch. Yeah. Or you can collect s- suffering until you realize, like, it's not getting you anywhere. Like, <laughs> uh, like, either way, these are, like, the two ways, right? And at some point, you might collect so much that you realize you want to let it go. 
I think that what you said is is probably the key the key statement of the of the whole thing. And going back to this, like, oh man, how do I implement things like this in my relationship or whatever? I think that the foundation it's really hard. Like I ninety nine percent of the time I don't want to abide by it, but it's like goodwill. I think that what you calling it goodwill, it's like that's that's how we have to continue to show up to this relationship too, because it's like we're not we're, like if there's goodwill on one side there's goodwill like it, it it's like it's like creating this space where we're, we're yeah we're just willing it, it's like it's putting it's also this and i think because we do a lot of work like we're fairly hip to some of these ideas we're trying to put them in practice but subjugating the ego to a lesser position right like and what i mean by that is like that these conversations, that I can allow these conversations to work on me, right? That I'm not just trying to, to, to get my way or anything, but I can also see that maybe this is, is shaped like working on me and maybe I'm being worked on through this, this interaction, through this exchange in ways that I have to surrender to, mm -hmm. that I'm not in control of. And actually that is the best thing that could happen for me in this. And, and I agree with you on the good faith thing. I think this is where I think, you know, it's kind of paradoxical, the commitment thing, because I think if you have, if you're in a relationship where however you get there, you realize there isn't enough of that good faith or, or you're not in it, like you're both not really committed to the same thing. If that person's really not ready for that, then I, I'm not sure it can happen. Yeah. And, and so I think, and in those cases, you, you might have to let go of the relationship as well which is which is scary to say so let's not end on that let's not end on that <laughs> <laughs> we do need to end though because i have a chicken in the oven and i can smell it telling me to come oh, yeah, and do something oh yeah and that chicken was not cheap uh, so. chicken. <laughs> we picked it up at the farm it, yesterday it was massaged every tuesday oh my god <laughs> um i i don't know i just i i, I want to end i want to end on a on a on a funny note, I guess, uh, the more I hear you talk about all of this and like, it's nice to hear you talk about your way of, of navigating this conversation, like on your side, when it's not just like the two of us talking and just like the love and the care, uh, that, that you have and like the, the willingness that you seem to have in like looking at how you might be wrong and just like the, the more I listen to you I'm like oh I don't want to do that like I'm right <laughs> I'm just trying to get him to understand that I'm right and though <laughs> but it's it's interesting because there we don't want to just like we don't want to just become pavement right that yeah, we're just gonna yeah, get rolled yeah, over yeah, that's yeah. not it's hard because like there again it's that polar it's that it's the polarity that we, it's like on some, some aspects of what I'm saying are right. Some yeah. aspects of what you you're saying to, are you right. You need to stand up for, for what you believe in and what's important to you too, right? Yeah. Which is why this gets so sticky. It really is. And I, I heard it said in this book I'm reading right now on, oh, it's called the Recognition Sutras. Oh, Christopher, Christopher Wallace. Christopher Wallace. You know, I'm going to get it right now because I'd rather, uh, go for it. You're getting the uh, real life experience, listener. Can you hear Alistair coming back with I the book? I, I'd rather just say it how it's how it's written because it was beautifully written. He's talking about uh, boundaries here, and he's he's doing a what's it? An exegesis, I think is I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that oh, word right. I don't know how to pronounce an analysis it. of an ancient text mm -hmm. in the Shiva 
tantric tradition. Shaiva. Shaiva tantric. I, I can't. I always pronounce it wrong. Okay. Tantra Shaivism. Tantra Shaivism. And um, he says, uh, boundaries properly understood are the places we meet, the points where different aspects of the one field meet and trade information and or share being. These boundaries are fluid and ever-shifting with the currents of the one field of energy that constitutes the manifest form of the light of awareness. Boundaries properly understood are the places we meet. The points where different aspects of the one field meet and trade information and or share being. Mm. That's a radically different notion of boundary than, than yeah. I'm usually coming across. Maybe and, you want to put my hand against yours <laughs> and just see if we can exchange information. And I know we've used this example in the past of the boundary of a, a cell wall, right? Mm-hmm. Like that we're made of these, right? Yeah. And this is so as within, as without, right? Yeah, yeah. But like the cell wall is a boundary that's one of the radical technologies that made it a cell right in in evolution is that it developed a wall that uh, that allowed it to be at a certain frequency versus the outside and that that wall had to let things out and let things in mm-hmm. and and i think a lot of times we emphasize boundaries as keeping things out mm-hmm. and that's really not all about a boundary is doing a boundary is is a brokering of information and and I think I think that's helpful to re, to remember because like the, this is the question I had when you were talking a minute ago. I was like, because this is scary to me. It's like, what if I actually listened? What if I actually let it in? And what if I actually let it affect me? Mm. I don't want to do that most of the time. I'm glad to know you and I are on the same page. <laughs> <laughs> we'll it's, keep it's, working it's, on it's it. radical yeah, though, yeah, and yeah. but it's in, in some. I think it's, it's so... the only way to some sense of peace and happiness within this like conscious monogamy, lifelong yeah. marriage thing, though. Like yeah, and yeah. and it can be really wonderful yeah. when I allow it to happen in yeah. the very moments that I do. So thanks, thanks for uh, helping me do that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening. Thank you. And uh, our couples workshop <laughs> will look. <laughs> I, I, I dream We're of on one day. sabbatical uh, <laughs> right now. But uh, yeah, no. It, it, Sometime in the future, I would love to do a couples workshop with you. I'd love, I'd love to figure out a way to do that. I, I think, think it that, would be fun. I think it would be fun too. Just, I'd like to tell other people. How to heal how, their marriage problems. To, <laughs> <laughs> rather than do it myself. Uh, exactly. That sounds great. Let's just wait a couple it more funny. years. We're still early, you know? Yeah, yeah, We're still yeah. Like, I, there's, it takes a long time to... I don't know. We don't have to wait until we're 30 years in, but you know. You know, it's funny, though, because in all these alchemical spaces, like, we're in the middle right now of the wild man within and the wild woman within. Yeah. And I always go into it, and I, I think... Those therapists out there and practitioners out there listening will know exactly what I'm talking about. But it's like, I always go into it like, all right, I'm looking forward to leading other people through this. And then at some point in it, I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm going through this too. Damn it. I have to participate in this. Shit. Yeah. Every time. That's every Every time. time. Every time. The work never stops. Yeah. Except when you're on sabbatical. Actually, that's not true. The work increases. But I feel like because we're resting, there's space for me to make those like connections and breathe. I talked to my brother today. I know this is an outro, but we're going to do it. I talked to my brother the other day and he was like, because I kind of crumbled on the phone with him. And he was like, it's about damn time that you have time to process. He's like, every time I spoke to you this year, you didn't have the time. 
And now you have the time. Let yourself dissolve. It's okay. I know. I think、it's、that's、okay. the intuition I've had around this、yeah. whole conversation is as it started to come up and it's been challenging. And part of me is like, oh, I don't want to have this conversation. I don't want to do this or whatever. Another part of me is like, this is totally appropriate and exactly. It's like bubbles coming up.、Yeah. You know, it's like as things, as you relax, things come up.、Yeah. You know, maybe you get a massage and then like emotions come up. Yeah. The massage room、yeah. is like, yeah. Exactly. It's about time. Uh, that we have this conversation. It's、so. about time, indeed. Well, in the meantime, you can support this podcast while we do this hard slow mo argument over、yeah. the course of the next two months. Help us extend our sabbatical. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, that, that, I don't think you will have the、that's、means to help、yeah. us extend our sabbatical. We'll see. Help. But. <laughs> <laughs> um, one fun way to support us is to buy cacao. We have a link to purchase cacao on our、um, show notes, either on whatever app you're listening to or thefarout.life. It's wonderful cacao. It's wonderful cacao. Just get some cacao.、Yeah. And、uh, we get a little kickback and you get a little discount. It's a, it's a pretty good system. And、uh, the reason we, we sell this cacao, we're affiliates to this cacao, is because we love it.、Yeah. It's one of our favorites.、Yeah. So. You can do that. You can also become a patron. I am doing my best to put out like extra content over there. I am not the best, but this is like, think of it as you support the podcast, and every so often you get a little behind the scenes newsletter by Julie Roxanne with a little. Little gift in there. It's like the cherry on top. It's just really, a little cherry re- really on top. Really, what you're what you're getting is knowing that you're supporting <laughs> this to continue. Yes, and Patreon is the place that we're gonna post those like extra goodies. It's just it's not always happening as much as I would like it to. Yeah.、Uh, we're not a content、it? factory. No, we are not, and we're trying to take really care trying of ourselves. Not to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Once a week on the podcast is a lot. No, it's a lot already, and you can leave us a review. Yes, that, that always be, helps. That and that is free, and, and that takes you two minutes. And it's a quick way to our hearts. And then, yeah, it's like directly into our、yeah. hearts. It's like, choo, choo.、Okay. All right, love you. See you next week. Toodles. Toodles. Toodles.